2: Hey everyone, this is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. You are listening to the Fantasy Football Beat a RotoViz podcast. Each week, I'm joined by an NFL beat reporter who's going to break down one of the biggest games on the NFL slate. And in this week's show, my guest is Gina Thomas of The Falcoholic and SB Nation. We're going to be discussing the big early Sunday afternoon battle between the Falcons and the Saints, which is always an intense NFC South intra-division rivalry game. Gina and I are going to look at the key players, the matchups that we expect to decide the game. We're going to talk about the Falcons' running game and how it looks without an injured Devonta Freeman, how the Atlanta defense is going to slow down Drew Brees and the explosive Saints offense, and of course, whether or not quarterback Matt Ryan and offensive coordinator Steve Sarkissian have finally solved the red zone scoring issues for the Falcons. After I talk with Gina, I'm going to take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and use some of these Rotoviz apps, which are fantastic, to dive deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data analytics site that publishes over a 1,000 articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Please go to rotoviz.com, check out the site, and be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotobiz.com forward slash podcast. And you know, these games now, we're in week three. It's been an exciting NFL season. Always a little more fun when you have something bet on the game. So people ask me, where do I go to? I always go to mybookie.ag. I do it for football. I also did it for college basketball as well. They are a fantastic site. They pay right away. They've been in business for years. Great reviews online. And the mobile site is so easy to use. I would never recommend this to you guys unless it's one that I have used. It's been good to me. It can be great to you. They have in-game live betting, the over-unders, fantasy points, most rewarding player perks in the business, and fantastic NFL prop bets like the one I had the other day about Khalil Mack getting over a half a sack in the game. I mean, some of these just speak to you with our knowledge that we have here to, to go and put a few dollars down. So my bookie is Slam with New. Bets. They want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they're going to give you an additional $25 of free play on deposits over $100. Join now, my bookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Please make sure you use the promo code Rotoviz to activate the offer. That's M Y B O O K I E. My bookie. Don't forget to use that promo code. And if you're creating after 7 p.m., you can get that $25 extra dollars of free play by adding 25 to that promo code. So make it RotoBiz25 if you sign up after 7pm and you will get that extra money. Guys, use my bookie, listen to what we're talking about here on the fantasy football beat and then put it into action because when you play, you win and you get paid. For this game. The Falcons are three-point home favorites. They have a minus 170 money line, plus 150 for the Saints. There's a 53-point over-under, so it's a high-scoring game. It's going to be a lot of fun for fantasy football. These games between the Falcons and the Saints are bitter rivals. They're always close and they're always exciting. There's been shootouts like the 45-32 game that was won by the Falcons in New Orleans in 2016. Last year here in Atlanta, it was a low-scoring game, 20-17 at home. The Falcons won that one also. So I'm real curious to see what Gina has to say. So let's get to it right now. Please welcome to the show Gina Thomas of the Falcoholic and SB Nation. Please follow her on Twitter at Gina Thomas. As always, Gina, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here in Road of His Radio. You did a great job for our RV32 team preview series, and we're thrilled to have you back with us today for week three. Yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me.
2: Let's start with last week's home opener for the Falcons. Very nice 31-24 divisional win against the Carolina Panthers. Week one was a tough loss, especially given how well the Falcons played on the road against the defending Super Bowl champs, but they did bounce back in a big way against Cam Newton and the Panthers. Nice overall win, right, to start this home slate off?
1: Yeah, it really was. I mean, obviously, the Falcons have some questions on defense with some key players out for the foreseeable future, but, um, you know, the defense did just enough and the offense looked a lot more like that high-powered offense that we saw in 2016 from the Falcons. So it was nice to see that they still had that in them.
2: You know, you talked about the injuries, and as we look forward to this big matchup against the Saints, the Falcons are getting crushed with those injuries. They lost Deion Jones, Keanu Neal in Week 1. They lost starting left guard Andy Lavitre with torn triceps. On defense, Tack McKinley had a groin injury, as did Derek Shelby. And, of course, I have to mention Devontae Freeman. He had that knee injury in Week 1. He missed Week 2. We were hearing it was a couple weeks, and now maybe it's going to be longer. So give us an update from what you're hearing about all these key injuries for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where this team had so much promise coming into the season, but a lot of that hinged around the talent that they had, particularly on defense, and the fact that those young players had another offseason to really settle into the scheme. So hopes and expectations were high for Deion Jones and Keanu Neal going into the year. Um, it's pretty devastating to see both of those guys out. I mean, there's just not really anybody available on the Falcons roster or as a free agent who can play at the level that Keanu Neal plays at. Um, And Deion Jones, the way that he is in coverage and the speed that he has at the middle linebacker position, it's impossible to replicate with another player. So I think that no matter what, we are going to see a diminished performance from that defense until at least Deion Jones comes back, which hopefully will be sometime around week 10. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, they've been devastating losses and then on the offensive side of the ball i think that being without freeman is less of a problem because Tevin coleman is a guy who can start on a lot of rosters around the league and so ito smith who was the team's he was a mid-round draft pick for the falcons this year out of smu um he really he was a guy i was very high on when he was coming out of college i was thrilled the falcons selected him because he's very well rounded as a back um and so I think that he's a really nice complement to what Kevin does. So I think the run game, and we saw it against the Panthers, the run game should be okay even without Freeman until he's able to make it back. But the loss of Levitre could impact that too. Wes Schweitzer will be selling in there. He was the team's starting right guard last season and really struggled at the position. It was his first time as a starter. But when he did come in after Levitre left the game on Sunday with a triceps injury that ended his season, Um, I thought Schweitzer actually played well. So as long as he can play adequately, I think that the offense should be okay. So those defensive losses are really my primary concern right now.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, Dan Quinn always has a tremendous game plan, you know, that that sort of went – unnoticed last year in the loss in the playoffs to the Eagles 15 to 10 was that that offense which was so explosive of the Eagles was held down at home by Dan Quinn and this Falcons defense so he always has a great scheme he's had success as well against the Saints coming up so even with those defensive players I would think he'd still be able to put something together but that is going to be a big big loss for him
1: yeah, absolutely. And I do think that Quinn does a really good job of steaming to the strengths of the players that he has to work with. Uh, they've always operated like every team has to on the next man up philosophy. And we have seen guys go down with injuries. I mean, the, the Falcons went into Super Bowl 51 missing their top cornerback. Yep. Desmond Troufant mm-hmm. was um, out for the rest of the year with an injury. And so I felt like the secondary really stepped up and played well, you know, not well enough to prevent a 25 point comeback from the Patriots. (laughs) But, uh, you know, in general, I thought that there wasn't a big step back without Troufant on the field. So last week was the first week that we had, you know, these guys in there taking over and um, hopefully we'll see a step forward this week from the guys who have to fill in.
2: You know, you talked about the running game, and this Falcons running game has been one of the most consistent in the NFL the last few years. It's been Freeman and Coleman, and every week you can always count on solid rushing production. When Freeman went down, I was thinking that it was going to be Coleman sort of like a three-down back like James Conner has been in Pittsburgh. But Edo mm-hmm. Smith has come in, and he really has performed very well. He's got the 4.5040 speed. He was a big receiver at, at Southern Mississippi in college. You talked about a fourth-round draft pick. So last week, he ripped off a couple big runs had nine rushes, 46 yards. Is that what we're pretty much looking at here as we move forward until Freeman returns, that it's going to be Coleman as the primary back, but that Ido Smith is basically going to inherit that Tevin Coleman role?
1: Yeah, I absolutely believe so. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Edo uh, Smith was just really a well-rounded back at SMU. Um, and granted, you know, that didn't place him in the upper echelon of running backs in this last draft because SMU plays against lesser competition and things like that. So, you know, that kind of holds him back in terms of his draft status. But the way that he played against the Panthers, I think is exactly what I expected from him coming out of college. You know, he's unusually good as a receiver, um, and he is really able to move the ball on the ground. So I do think that he did enough on Sunday against the Panthers, against a very stout defensive front, to prove that he should be that number two guy while Devon Bay for another valley.
2: Yeah, Atlanta returns home and we just expect to see big numbers across the board, but that is a tough front there for Carolina, so it was even even more impressive. This week against the Saints, it's sort of a curious game plan for Dan Quinn. Uh, week one, Saints offense exploded, 40 points, but the defense couldn't stop anyone. Then Drew Brees threw for 339 yards, three touchdowns, but of course they struggled 48 points at Tampa Bay. Last week, defense plays very well. Three sacks and interception against Tyrod Taylor, but the offense gets shut down down by the Browns at home. They squeaked at that 21-18 win thanks to the big 18-point fourth quarter comeback. What Saints team do you think we'll see on Sunday? And is Dan Quinn pretty much de facto going to say, I'm just going to prepare for the explosive offense? You scheme for that and assume that we're if we get anything less than that, it'll be a bonus?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I think that you have to. When you have Drew Brees on the field, when you have a, a receiver like Michael Thomas, uh, when you have a playmaker like Alvin Tamara coming out of the backfield, I think that you cannot afford to guess that the Saints might be more like the team that you know came out and nearly lost to the Browns at home last week. Um, and so, yeah, I think that they will have a game plan in place to try to contain that offense, which is no small task. I mean, I have both Michael Thomas and Alvin Tamara on a couple of fantasy teams, and oh. those guys just tore it up against the – Buccaneers I mean it was Ridiculous and Gina actually, impressive the, you're, ve-
2: you're very Objective there Having those two I, I have to tell
1: you. Well first of all Mike, Michael Thomas Went to the Ohio State University ah, Which is my okay. Which is my Favorite program got So it, that does help it. But I also Play to win fantasy football You have to set <laughs> Rivalries aside Sometimes to make That happen
2: <laughs> Fair enough Talk to us about the receiving game there. Who is the second option going to be for the Falcons, do you think? Not only this week, but moving forward. They took Calvin Lee in round one. It seemed like he, or at least they wanted, I I should say, him to beat out Mohamed Sanu. But I don't know if that really happened. However, he did catch a touchdown pass in week two. I heard you talk on a road of his radio earlier this year about Austin Hooper and how the Falcon fans and the Falcon coaches are really sort of waiting for the breakout for Austin Hooper. That started to happen last week. Who do you think is that number two Option behind, of course, Julio Jones.
1: You know, I think that the way that Ridley played on Sunday against the Panthers, I think he's showing that he can step into that number two role. And so, I think that he's such a threat when he's on the field, and it forces defenses to pay attention to what he might do, um, which does open things up for Julio Jones. So, I think that I would like to see the Falcons be able to really establish him as the number two receiver. He just has such great playmaking potential. Sunu is also great I mean he can make big plays here and there and he is a great blocker and so he's very valuable on the field but just with Ridley's skill set um specifically and the way that that can help open things up for Julio I would like to see Ridley involved to the level of a number two receiver Uh,
2: Gina I want to talk about Matt Ryan I I went to BC so I I am not objective on this question just want to be full disclosure there But I have to tell you, I, I love what he's done. He's certainly been a fantastic quarterback for the Falcons, a lot of success. But just from an observational point of view, I do feel like over the last year or two, his deep passes have struggled. They haven't been as accurate. I'm not sure if that arm strength is where it, it used to be. Is that just something that maybe he's not coming across on, on the TV? Or or is Matt Ryan pretty much ready to go and, and ready to get this, this offense back to where it was a, a couple of years ago? I'm just curious your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, It's an interesting question, one that I haven't really thought through specifically. So I might be a little bit stream of consciousness with my answer here. But, you know, when Matt fails these deep passes, there are often, you know, you can see some different context clues that suggest that sometimes it's a miscommunication on a route. And sometimes, you know, you watch the replay and you see that he's definitely hearing footsteps when he lets that go. You know, there have been times where a Gone wildly inaccurate, and you see on the replay that you know someone hit his arm as he was throwing, and so and then sometimes he just fails them, and so I don't know, you know, I I don't know what the accuracy, I don't know that there's one answer to the accuracy issues, but I agree with you that they occur and that it's been an issue, especially you know throughout last season. I think that it's something that the team struggled with, so yeah, I don't know exactly what's to blame there, but um, I think that it is probably the Factors and I think that declining arm strength as he ages could definitely be one of them.
2: One of the keys for this Sunday's game, of course, is going to be the red zone efficiency. And you know, certainly that was that was a, a prevalent discussion after Week One. This past week, not so much. Matt Ryan had the two rushing touchdowns. He had the two passing touchdowns. Do you feel like Coach Sar- uh, Steve Sarkisian and the offense has sort of moved past that? That they're on the precipice of moving forward, or is that still something among the Falcon faithful that's still being concerned and, and thought about?
1: Yeah, I think that is definitely still a big concern because we have definitely seen more of the, you know, vanilla play calling and very little anticipation from Steve Sartesian than we have seen flashes of brilliance like we saw on Sunday. So I think that, you know, this is a, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst situation, you know, hope that that wasn't a fluke and hope that Steve Sartesian has finally figured out that, you know, the key to success for this offense is Spreading the ball around because you have so much depth of talent on that side of the ball to work with, and then prepare for the possibility that last week they may have just gotten lucky. <laughs> this week it'll be back to the same old, same old. So I think that that's one of the one of the challenges with being a Falcons fan in this Dan Quinn, Steve Sarkisian era is that you know you don't really know what to expect on a week to week basis, and which team is going to show up.
2: Well, that's very fair, and Gina, we appreciate a few minutes here. Just got one more question, then we'll get you out of here. These Falcon Saints games; these are intense rivalry games, intra-divisional matchups. Both teams are one and one. This is a huge game at home. Uh, a lot of firepower. A lot, you know, not just in the fantasy community, but I think in many ways, it's got a high over under for this game. This is a national appeal. Another battle here, Atlanta New Orleans. How do you think it ends up on Sunday between these two teams?
1: Well, you know, these games are usually instant classics. They often go right down to the wire. Um, you know, these teams hate each other. The fan bases hate each other. So there's always, you know, it's one of the better rivalries than the NFL. It's actually a really fun rivalry to follow. Um, just look at my mentions whenever I talk about the yep, Saints and yes. you get a taste of that. It's an adventure. So I think that this one's going to go right down to the wire. My blood pressure is going to be high all throughout the game. And um, I'm probably going to drink all of the alcoholic beverages in my house at that time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the Falcons come away with a close one,
2: 27-24. Yeah, that's a high-scoring game. I I think that's very, very fair. Folks, Gina Thomas of the Falcoholic SB Nation. She's a fantastic follow on Twitter. Please follow her at Gina Thomas. Gina, thank you so much for the preview. This is a great game. We're going to be watching it on Sunday, and hopefully we'll catch up later in the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
2: That was Gina Thomas of the Falcoholic and SB Nation. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper into what we discussed using some of the many apps on rotovis.com. Just wanted to give you a quick reminder that you can support the Rotovis Radio Network and our 10 shows per week. That's right, 10 shows per week by subscribing on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotovis Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show. that answers all your fantasy questions. The patronships start at just $6 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotovis Live. That's four shows per month, on top of the 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a His patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access our premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce the high-quality, industry-leading programming you have come to expect. Please remember, His Radio on Patreon. We thank Gina Thomas of The Falcoholic for joining us here on the Road of His Fantasy Football Beat. Now let's take a closer look at some of the things we talked about. The first thing we have to examine when we look at the Falcons here, and this Falcon Saints game is a huge game on Sunday. We're talking about bitter rivals. They do not like each other. Gina said that. And, you know, with Tampa Bay playing well and Carolina is always going to be tough with Cam Newton, certainly this is a game that has very important ramifications for the rest of the season. The team that wins this game is two and one and really has a leg up on the rest of the division. So we take a look at Atlanta here. And the first thing Gina talked about were the injuries, of course, and they've been ravaged by them. The loss of guard Andy Levitre is huge for the Falcons because they have really been one of the more consistent rushing attacks in all of football the last few years with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Now, Devonta Freeman is out. He is not playing this game. So Tevin Coleman is going to be the main running back, and it is a contract year for him. Many around social media think he is not going to be back, that he's going to be going to a different team, so this is a chance for him to showcase what he has in a big game at home against New Orleans. Now, what's interesting is whether you've owned Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman or one or the other in fantasy football the last few years, what I'm sure you've noticed is whoever is the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons is usually an RB1, and at worst they're an RB2. So, if you have Tevin Coleman, you are starting him with confidence on Sunday. Looking at his stats, since 2015, there have been 30 38 games that Tevin Coleman has played with Devonta Freeman. I'm using the RotoViz Game Splits app. The Game Splits app at RotoViz, one of my favorites. You can look at isolated players when other players did and did not play from a variety of perspectives. In this case, I'm just looking at how Tevin Coleman has done when Freeman has played versus when he has not played. 38 games when he's played. Coleman's had 9.83 PPR fantasy points per game. That's okay. He's had 1.58 receptions, 0.16 receiving touchdowns, but the key is the rushing. He's only had eight rushing attempts, and he's had an average of 34.5 yards and 0.32 rushing touchdowns in the four games that Devonta Freeman has not played Tevin Coleman has been a different player. He's averaged 15.5 PPR fantasy points per game. That's almost six more fantasy points per game when Freeman hasn't played. That's 66% more fantasy production when Devonta Freeman hasn't played. What's interesting, the reception's are about the same. The target's about two per game are also the same. But the key has been, instead of 8 rushing attempts per game, he's up to 18.25 rushing attempts per game. That's incredible. That's a projected pace here from the Road of His Game Splits app of 292 carries a season. His rushing touchdowns have doubled from .32 per game to .75, and the rushing yards more than doubled, 34.5 to 89.25. There's a lot to be said that Tevin Coleman is a better between-the-tackles runner than Devonta Freeman. So he has about as high a floor of running back as you're going to find outside the main couple guys, of course, this week three in fantasy football. The other person we talked about was Edo Smith. Edo Smith has stepped into that Tevin Coleman role. So last week, he didn't have a ton of receptions. And again, that running back, a lot of the people think that that other running back, which is Coleman when Freeman's there or Edo Smith, gets a lot of receptions. So far, that hasn't been the case. That's been one game for Edo Smith, but you just heard when Tevin Coleman was there, he doesn't get a ton of receptions either. But last week, Edo Smith, nine carries, 45 yards. I would expect that Steve Sarkissian would get Ido Smith more involved, particularly in the red zone, because it's a shiny new toy. You're going to start Tevin Coleman, no doubt about it. I think you can also start Ido Smith as a flex option in PPR leagues. I think I expect him to get about three receptions here. I think he'll get another solid eight or nine rushes, and maybe you'll luck into a touchdown. I think Coleman's a lock for a touchdown. I think Ido Smith could get one as well. So the Atlanta backfield is something that you certainly want to pay attention to coming up on this game, because as Gina said, they're going to run the ball. They have a good offensive line. Lavitre's hurt, but they still have a solid group back there, and they've had success with that in the past. And with Tevin Coleman, you're actually getting a better between the tackles grinder than you had with Devonta Freeman. And now the next thing I want to turn my attention to with a quarterback. So we talked with Gina about Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, certainly you're going to start Drew Brees. But, of course, there's this narrative that Drew Brees on the road is different, except being on the road in a dome really is a specific type of setting as opposed to being on the road outside in cold weather, let's say. So if you want to look at Drew Brees, how he's done in Atlanta over his career, he came to New Orleans in 2006 – In all other games besides the 12 games that he's played at Atlanta, he averages 25 PPR fantasy points per game. Again, this is the road of his Game Splits app. He averages 304 passing yards, 2.18 touchdowns, and .89 interceptions as all the other games. He has played the 12 games in Atlanta in that time. He actually has thrown for more yards, 326 passing yards per game. Interesting is that the touchdown-interception ratio is a little bit closer, 1.75 passing touchdowns in Atlanta, 1.08 passing interceptions. And the fantasy points per game are down a little bit, 22.8. So certainly you're starting him. I would just temper expectations a little bit. I don't foresee against this Dan Quinn defense, of course, which is, as Gina said, scheme-oriented, and they've been very successful. I don't see him coming in and throwing three touchdowns. Now, Atlanta does give up the most fantasy points to receiving running backs on opposing teams out of any team in the NFL. It was true last year, and certainly it's been true so far this year. So it's no big surprise you're starting Alvin Kamara, and you should also expect a huge game. But as for Drew Brees, I'm not so sure where I'm going to rank him. I'll put him as a low end QB1 this week. I don't see this after hearing everything that Gina said and taking a look at the last few games. I'm not so sure if I see this being that high scoring as she said. So I'm going to temper expectations with Drew Brees. The real question, of course, is Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan has been with the Falcons since 2008, he has played nine games at home against New Orleans. Nine games at home against New Orleans. He's averaged 22.5 passing points per game. He's thrown 1.78 passing touchdowns, 0.56 average on the interceptions, and 282 yards. What I get from that is that they do run the ball more than New Orleans will in terms of getting the ball in the end zone. So I think Matt Ryan, if you want to have projections for him, I think he's safe for two passing touchdowns. I don't see a lot of interceptions. I think he'll be conservative with that. So if you want to know where I rank them, I probably put Ryan ahead of Breeze. I like him being in the top 10 there, Matt Ryan, at home against New Orleans. I understand this New Orleans defense was great last year. It has not been great so far this year, so we have to see how things are going to go. But on the road here, in their first road test, they played at home to Tampa Bay, gave up to 48 points. Then they played Cleveland. Not a fantastic offensive team there. So on the road here, in. Atlanta. Atlanta in a rivalry game, I don't foresee the Saints coming up with a huge defensive performance. So I think Matt Ryan is really safe. I see for the high 200s passing yards, certainly two passing touchdowns, and maybe, maybe one interception, but no more than that, and maybe zero. So Ryan's a little higher for me than Breeze at home in this matchup. And before I get to my last point, I just want to talk to you about FantasyMath.com. It's another sponsor here at Rotoviz. We all have to make that who do I start. Fantasy Math is here to help with those big calls. If you got to choose between player X and player Y, you put your matchup into Fantasy Math. I've been using it as well. It's a fantastic site, and it helps with those big calls. You talk about the variability. You talk about correlations with your matchups. That's what you like here at Rotoviz. You want to get inside the math and inside the numbers and try to get a statistic that gives you an edge on who you should start and who you should sit. You want to make the right call, so please go to Fantasy Math. Dot com. Rotoviz listeners get a season membership to Fantasy Math for just twenty dollars by using the link on our site, rotoviz.fantasymath.com. Don't miss out. Check it out, rotoviz.fantasymath.com, and that will help you with your matchup specifically in this big Saints Falcons matchup. And the last thing I want to take a look at are the receivers, and of course you're going to start Michael Thomas. He's been incredible this season with the targets and the receptions, and you're going to start Julio Jones. Certainly, we always worry about Julio Jones in the red zone, but his yardage has been so incredibly consistent that, of course, he's an auto start. There's no discussion, but the question is, who's going to be the second receiver there for the Saints and for the Falcons? Calvin Ridley did have a touchdown last week, so that's someone to take a look at, but I'm going to take a closer look here at Mohamed Sanu. And I'm going to use the Game Level Similarity Projections on Rotoviz. This app takes a look at wide receivers. You can do it for all the positions. And it projects how Mohamed Sanu is going to do against New Orleans, given their current rank defensively, how he's done against those teams in the past, and take a look at similar receivers who've had similar production to Sanu in their career up to this point and how they did in similar games. So if you look back from 2000, I mean we're looking at players such as David Nelson, Brandon LaFell. I think Brandon LaFell is a great comparison here to Mohamed Sanu, Richard Matthews, Dez White, Arnez Battle. Just a great list and and reservoir of receivers that can be compared to Sanu. So using this game-level similarity projection on Rodoviz, they have his low-end projection to be 6.6 PPR fantasy points in the battle coming up on Sunday. His median is 11.4, and his high end is 15.7. Now, Calvin Ridley could inherit that. Calvin Ridley absolutely could be in that spot, but I think Sanu is the type of guy, he also throws a touchdown once in a while, He's someone that if you wanted to take a flyer on in this situation, particularly because really did catch a touchdown last week, he's someone who could be a sneaky wide receiver three in PPR formats. Flipping over to the other side, the Saints have had trouble finding that second receiver. They want to beat Cameron Merrith, but he hasn't really done anything yet, hasn't been activated. So I took a look at Ted Ginn Jr. On the road, he is worse than he is at home. Eight games on the road, Ted Ginn, 9.35 PPR fantasy points per game. Nine games at home, 12.51. So we're talking about 33% more production from Ted Ginn at home. And even though he's playing in a dome, again, more targets, more receiving yards by about 11. So he does do better at home. So someone else is going to have to perform here for New Orleans. This really could be a Traquan Smith game in very deep leagues. If you wanted to take a flyer on Traquan Smith, even though he has done nothing so far, it's not a bad call because Ginn is someone who does not do as well on the road historically. And if you throw in his one game at Atlanta last year, 2.7 PPR fantasy points, two receptions, 10 yards on two targets. So certainly Dan Quinn is going to try to limit Ginn. I don't think he's someone you want to start. I think you want to sit sit Ted Ginn. If you're looking for another receiver to start in New Orleans, I would go with Trey Smith and take a flyer. I think he's a guy who could do some damage here, especially because Quinn is going to limit Ginn. And on the other side in Atlanta, you could certainly start Calvin. Ridley, but I have a feeling that Mohamed Sanu is going to be a sneaky start here and somebody who can give you really solid PPR wide receiver three production. So looking at the game overall, Atlanta, New Orleans, I think it's going to be lower scoring than you think. I'm going to take the under on that 53 point over under. I'm going to go a little bit lower like the 2017 game that Atlanta won at home last year. So... I will take the Falcons and give the three points. The Saints have not been playing well on defense. I think they will step up in a rivalry game, but I see a 24-17 like win for Atlanta, so I'm going to take Atlanta to win the game. I'm going to give the three points, and I'm going to take under that 53-point over-under. I just don't see that happening here. Dan Quinn, I think, is going to limit Breeze. I'm most confident about that one, and I think there's going to be a lot of dinking and dunking. I think it's going to be a Tevin Coleman game. I think it's going to be an Alvin Kamara game. I don't see big wide receiver performances from the other receivers. And if you maybe pick one, like I said, it'll be Mohamed Sanu. So give me the Falcons minus the three at home on the under and give me them with the money line as well. So that's going to do it. We're heading to week three. Big rivalry game here, Saints and Falcons. We have so much great content here at Road of Radio. Many different podcasts each and every week. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and your favorite podcast app and follow us on Twitter at Road of Radio. We're going to be bringing you a deep fantasy dive on one game each week this season. We had three great ones in a row, so we're going to hit week four next week. Very excited. You're going to hear my interview with a selected beat reporter every week and then my fantasy analysis. That's going to do it, folks. Fantasy football beat report, week three. I'm Mike Randall. Please follow me on Twitter at RandallRant, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Road of His podcast. Please rate and review the Road of Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email rotavizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rhodaviz And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rhodeviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
0: Hi, welcome to the subway ad for two ninety-nine subs. How would you like it?
1: Uh I'll take drill sergeant, please.
0: You got it. All right, now, listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold-cut combo. Veggie delight. or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Sir, yes, sir! Subway! Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.